When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself The Wire. Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and and talk talk about it. it. Thank you so much for joining us. Give us five stars in a review. Uh, And don't mind Vince. Vince is uh, suffering from uh, some sort of nasal uh, issue. Something, mm. ro- something wrong with his nasals. Uh, what do you have? Like a sinus cancer infection? Or oh, sinus infection. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Sometimes you get sick when it's uh, 110 degrees out. It's uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. a new one for me. But that uh, is pretty um, new because yeah. it's not a cold. You know, it's a hot. Yeah, exactly. It's a hot. Exactly. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Those are the kind of jokes you're going to be getting. If you go to patreon.com slash broadcast and uh, sign up to listen to our bonus episodes, jokes like it's a hot and other ones. Um, but yes, I just want to say real quick. Um, I've been looking at the reviews vents uh, uh-huh. that have been coming in uh-huh. and I will say that there's been a noticeable uh, slowdown. Um, people are not taking my calls to action seriously. They're not going and leaving five stars in a review. Mm. Uh, and it's starting to piss me off, bro. So if you're hearing this, and I know you are, do it. Go to the Apple iTunes store or whatever. And then be like, five stars. And then be like, oh, this rules. You know? Help Vince and I out. Okay? Yeah. We need it. Come on. Come on, you guys. Come on. Why are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Sorry. I probably shouldn't insult them. Anyways, uh, today, Vince and I... And a guest are going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode nine, Slapstick, and our guest today. Oh, everyone. I'm very excited to introduce our guest. You might have heard this next guest on uh, some episodes of the broadcast before. And uh, she is a writer and a comedian and just one of our all time favorite people. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Allison Mick. <laughs> Fuck. Yay. <laughs> Hi. Hi, sorry. I don't. Know. I have to label the sound pads. Hi, Allison. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. It's so nice to to see you again. You know, it's been it's been a while. Um, because uh, I've been inside because of you know, COVID and the baby. Yeah. Um, but uh, how have you been? Good. I'm less crazy now that we're not talking during in the middle of lockdown. Yeah. Mm. I, like go outside and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Outside, outside is fun. I like I, outside. I've heard great things about it. I went, it's all right. Yeah. No, it's almost exactly what people say. It's like, 
the sun oh, and the like sun, wind the, and shit. the sun and there's clouds and stuff um and uh yeah so uh you know uh it's been a bit since i've seen you and i feel like uh i haven't been able to ask you this very important question um do you like the wire i do like the wire it's good it's a good oh, show hell yeah it's a great Fuck show yeah. even yeah well i'm i'm glad you think so because this is a podcast about the wire well, now that that's out of the way. Fuck you, Vince. <laughs> you ask a question. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me here to talk about cop death. Yes. And other wiry things. And other things wire related. Um, do you in your life, um, do you have any cops in, in your life? Uh, family members? Uh, best friends? No. <laughs> I, I'm not sad about it. Uh, no. <laughs> it's like, unfortunately not. Yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah, no, same, same. And because of that, um, this is a very fun episode to talk about because uh, this is something I've been waiting for for a while uh, on the show. It's uh, it's Presbulewski's coming out party as uh, an, <laughs> as Antifa. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to talk about it. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite character on The Wire, Allison? I like Bunny Colvin. You like Bunny? Yeah. He's a big brain thinker. I like yeah. what he's doing. His freckles are fun. Yeah. yeah, those are fun. He's big and cuddly. Yeah, he's a bunny. I love Bunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think he's called Bunny? Because he fucked a rabbit during like initiation or something. Yeah. Mm. They're like, do it. Fuck a rabbit. And yeah, I don't like, know. Okay. Cops, man. They're like, cops are up. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Vince, do you have any theories? Uh, I used to work with a guy that the, on a farm and the, the farm workers called him El Conejo cause you know, which means the rabbit. Cause when he would walk through the fields, he would like sort of hop a little bit. So maybe it has something to do with his, <laughs> his bouncy gait. With his gait. <laughs> yeah. I maybe like, he I, has 18 kids. Dude. Like, yeah. I, that's very possible. Maybe he's always going into other people's gardens and eating all of their plants. Yeah, maybe he's a vegetarian. Who knows? Who knows? And more importantly, who cares? <laughs> uh, this is, of course, a podcast about The Wire, um, which is why you should care. But, of course, we cannot start this podcast without first playing the theme song. Pod. Pod. <laughs> Pod. Podcast. Pod. Podcast. I love watching Allison very much enjoy the this. Irish. Pod. Season three. I gotta say, I very much enjoy watching you Allison in a little window under that video just <laughs> laughing your ass off. <laughs> uh isn't it isn't it I nice... haven't seen that ever and <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, well we're very highbrow here. Uh isn't it nice to be back with the Frot Boys? Just doing As long high... as we're keeping the Irish out. As long mm-hmm. as we keep the Irish. And we you gotta keep them out of the pot of the hole. Of the hole. Of the hole. Yeah. Where that's keep where them the, on the pot. That's where the devil is. Mm. That's the devil's so, hole. 
That's right. It's his hole. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else today, once again, we're talking about from season three of The Wire, episode nine, Slapstick. Uh, this came out November 21st, 2004. Vince, top of your head, breaky, breaky piece of sanapi wapi. Everybody's finding out that the job will not save them, and the bigger picture uh, is maybe unfulfilling, whether it's being a cop, uh, being a uh, nerd for the cops yep, yep. or uh, being a boxer for the neighborhood kids. I love it. That yeah. sounds right. Listen, sounds right to me, Vince. I could have used more uh, like details, identifying details, but I decided to go broad. This <laughs> time, I feel so. like broad is the way to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a synops. It's a synops. It's a little synopsy walk. I'm synopsing over here. I'm doing a little summary bummery. Um, but Vince, uh, this episode, as we said, came out November 21st, 2004. What was happening in America at the that, time that this episode came out? That's right, Matt. We cannot evaluate art divorced of its cultural context. We got to put some of that context back in. And we do that with a some, little something we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day. Machine tells the tale, son. Yeah. That's right. We're going all the way back, as Matt said, to November 21st, 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the things that were going on. This was the Sunday after the Malice at the Palace. I don't know if you remember the Malice. Yeah, I do. Palace. Was that... Uh, what is that? That was when Ron Artest and Steven Jackson uh, jumped into the stands. Yeah. And uh, started fighting fans yeah. uh, over at... Uh, was in Detroit. That, yep, the Palace, the something Palace. I'm assuming it's got Palace in the title, palace otherwise of, it wouldn't uh, be called Auburn. the Piston Palace. Yeah, yeah. What was it? I in my head, it's the Palace at Auburn Hills. But that sounds right. Does it? Um, doesn't matter. Uh, I guess it does. You are talking about the story. Oh, uh, go on. Tell me about that Malice at Palace. Oh, yeah. What well, is that? Uh. Artest, comma, others will sit for fight. Uh, Indiana's Ron Artest, Jermaine O'Neal, and Steven Jackson, and Detroit's Ben Wallace were suspended indefinitely by the NBA yesterday for taking part in one of the ugliest brawls in U.S. sports history, a fight with fans that Commissioner David Stern called, quote, shocking, repulsive, and inexcusable. League officials and police were examining that. videotapes of the melee Friday night and interviewing witnesses. The NBA issued a statement saying it was reviewing rules and security procedures, quote, so that fans can continue to attend our games unthreatened by events such as the ones that occurred Friday night. God, okay, but I, what did the fans do to piss them off? Oh, uh, like, they yes. did a lot. Not they did like, a fuck ton. Yeah, yeah. They did it. Well, one guy lobbed a soda. Like, well, Ron mm -hmm. Artest was mad about a foul, I think. So he laid down on the scorer's table, and one of the de Detroit fans, like, lobbed a big soda, and it landed on him. Mm -hmm. So then he got pissed, and then... Someone was throwing... Someone was throw, throwing coins, I believe, I remember, or pieces of ice. They were, like, literally, like, beaming them with small solid objects yeah. and so, uh, yeah i think so they Ron got Artest, whooped and deserved it well Robert has went, went up so. to go punch that guy who would have completely deserved it but he didn't know who hit him and he ended up just punching some other random guy yeah that was, <laughs> uh, that was a problem <laughs> 
and then oh that's fun that's like a traitor sketch like, some other guy yes. after the brawl already started there was fans that were like well i'm gonna go fight an nba player which seems like the dumbest thing why one, one could possibly you? do just to so say someone, that like, you got a swing in like come on yeah, yeah well, like, someone full-on like squared up with uh jermaine o'neal and i think he like knocked the guy's head off basically and <laughs> yeah uh, and I remember Steven Dude Jackson. That guy's cousins up. are still dining out on that story. 100%. But it's just, it's great that this new story is all about like how these immature players or whatever. And it's like, hey, maybe you should have some security at your uh, sporting events so the fans yeah. don't like throw sodas on people. Yeah. I don't know. Just a thought. Don't and let re- them throw stuff. And, and I remember that, yeah, it was very much... Um, I like it when shit like this breaks down because like I love to heckle and stuff. But when you get to the point where you're like doing physical things or you're like getting personal, then like the barrier between you and the player should break down. Like you are not completely should not be protected by that. Like you can throw a dildo onto the ice, but you cannot throw things at like a guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hating the player, not the game. Like we all enjoy that. That's fun. Mm -hmm. You know, even the players are like, oh, what if the like, ho- <laughs> hockey puck was a dick? Like, everyone loves That's that. That's fun for everybody. But like, yeah, they, they were like, they were assaulting them first. And what I remember about this specifically was how Ron Artest became the focus of it mm-hmm. and not like Steven Jackson oh. or Jermaine O'Neal. Let me and, guess. Is he the darkest skinned of all of them? Well, t- uh, technically, I think, I think Steven Jackson would be. Um, I think, yeah, I'm I a mean, skin color. If I were doing, oh, so you have a, a list. Vince? If I were doing a paper bag <laughs> test list. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it was just that Ron Artest had kind of been known as sort of a quote dirty player. Uh, he had, you know, he had been my a, favorite in, kind of player, by the way. Boy. Totally, uh, someone who gives a shit. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, a natural born winner. A natural born fucking winner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Michael um, Jordan does it, and everyone's like, "Let's suck his dick." I know it, that, exactly, and and so like uh, Ron Artest was, you know, maybe had a, a history of a little bit more conflict in the game. But there's a wonderful redemption arc with that story, which was that Ron Artest eventually got therapy. Opened a boxing gym for the kids that- in the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> he did. Um, no, he he went to therapy. He changed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. It's the same, though. Uh, he changed his name to Meta World Peace. Um, and then he uh, won a championship with the Lakers um, hit a game winning three uh, or hit a very important clutch three pointer during game seven uh, against the Boston Celtics at home at Staples. And then when they won, he was interviewed and they were like, what do you have to say? And he's like, the first person he thanked was his therapist. Aww. Oh, I like, okay. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Aww. That's just such a wonderful story. I'm just like, Michael That's Jordan some- would never. Michael Jordan would never, he would never, he would bully his therapist. He would just do mind games. You're not as good as the therapist I used to have. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, I got another therapist just to run by what some of what you've been saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For different parts of his brain, he's got a different therapist. I may be testing your therapy and uh, he does not agree. Dude, he would so do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyways, that's a great story. Yeah. So the malice at the palace, that's, um, that's that's fun. that's one story. Uh, another story. Uh, Hussein sought modest missiles, which I just I like that headline. Saddam Hussein. Um, Saddam Hussein. No uh, Barack this Hussein. Is Obama. Now. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the insurgency is really heating up in Iraq. 
the Sunni Triangle. It's uh, it's doing it's 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 going nuts, and we're also finding out that oops, surprise, surprise. There were no weapons of mass destruction. Uh, While the White House was fixated on Saddam Hussein's interest in procuring biological and chemical weapons, evidence uncovered by American investigators suggests that the Iraqi president spent his final years in power more determined to develop and deploy conventional ballistic missiles, hoping to keep pace with his neighbors in the Middle East. Oh, dude, he did have uh, WMDs, but there were weapons of modest destruction. That's that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So... So same, same, you know, the picture of the middle Middle East security that is coming into focus after 20 months of war suggests that Iraq was less focused on chemical, biological and nuclear weapons over the past decade than it was locked in a regional arms race for short range conventional weapons. Get me all the slingshots. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to kill birds. (laughs) In which Iran, Israel and Syria stand out as the most potent contestants. Mm. Mm. Mm, potent contestant. Yeah, maybe uh, they were do that's a little one on news copy. Yeah, I like that. Yep, yep. Yeah, a little one on one action. Was that from Reuters? Syria. That was from uh, Christian Science Monitor. The uh, the Baltimore Sun actually. Wow, look at that. Baltimore. Yeah, oh, Baltimore. The wire. And we uh, we always got to do one for fun, which I usually go to uh, the New York Post for that. I love it. Uh, a plus headline on this one. You're flyered. SUVs hit with eco literature. Litter, litter dash ature. That's right. Yeah. Got it. West Village SUV owners are jacked up over anonymous environmentalists' windshield flyer campaign against their, quote, weapons of mass consumption. Oh, everyone's doing the pun. This Uh is fun. For two months, unknown environmentalists have been tucking brightly colored anti SUV flyers under the windshield wipers of the big vehicles on several streets. Uh, I drive a weapon of mass consumption, say the bumper sticker size flyers, which include the web address www.idon'tcareaboutair.com. Uh, quote, we aim to educate consumers about the environmental hazards of SUVs, says Drew Agris, founder of Colorado-based site, who has gotten several complaints from New Yorkers about the flyers. <laughs> uh, what are those complaints? Hey, yo, oh, oh, that's hey, it. Oh, hey, oh, uh, hey, what are you going to do? Well, it wouldn't be a New York Post story without that comment. SUV owner Jackie Silver wishes she knew wishes she knew who'd put the six flyers on her Lincoln Navigators in the last two months. She wants to yell at them. It's really, really annoying, Silver said. These people should get a life. I it mean, doesn't, how... doesn't teach me a message. It pisses me off, said another angry SUV owner who wouldn't give his name. Okay, but... <laughs> They don't How? have the right to put their garbage on my car. Yeah, you can't just put litter on my car. That's bullshit. If anyone's this is gonna... New York City. We yeah. don't do that yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's putting flyers around? That's new. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like how like shocked were they that a journalist was covering this at <laughs> all? You know, they were like, oh, wow, I didn't think anyone would ask about the flyers. I mean, I'll say getting an annoying flyer on a car is uh, is annoying. There's someone in my fucking neighborhood Mm. who keeps putting their business card. I don't care about air dot com. No, it's not. Don't go to that because there's I mean, there's titties on it. If there's Hmm. titties on it, I'll go to it because I do care about damn titties. I no. typed it in. I was like, well, maybe it's still here. No, it, it, there's oh. titties. This it's is titties oh, really? computer. Oh, oh interesting. Sounds I didn't even like do that. Better. I should have done that level of research, but I didn't. Um, 
no, uh, it's uh, they put a business card on on my car, and it says like uh, it's something for like it says have an ugly car question mark wow yeah. i get that and one all the time yeah and then like we'll sell you know we buy uh we buy used pieces of shit dot com or whatever <laughs> and i'm just like i'm trying to live here dog yeah i'm trying to live what are it's you fucking do- rude like it's you so probably rude. have like a nice-ish car too like yeah i mean it's i a- mean i really my car think sucks so i'm like yeah i deserve this i mean mine i is- feel like we i feel like there was a time in the aughts when we thought we could shame people into buying uh like less garish gas guzzling vehicles <laughs> and um in Flyers the, in the, the what, what is it? it in the in the 19 years since Cars have only gotten bigger, and it's now people <laughs> only buy trucks. So, yeah. and they're even bigger than they were before. So, I guess that didn't work out so well. No, also like the uh, I remember the kind of SUV panic around the you know in the yes, early aughts in the environmentalist sphere, and it felt um, misguided even then. Um, and now I think more so than ever because it's just like, I, I mean, we're we're like parsing we're like splitting hairs between like people who drive gas moderate gas users versus like gas guzzlers and it's like versus like a corporation that owns versus like uh, entire countries uh, just burning every fossil fuel they can so they can keep <laughs> up with like in- industrialization in the west and and yeah. so it's just like i don't know one feels worse I yeah. mean the the the, the energy They're seems like it's, yeah, it's the energy seems like it's gone more towards shaming uh rich people for using their private jets so much yeah um, or shaming which I, rich which people I agree with. for I'm shaming them with, with the funniest memes though yeah shaming rich people for going into a submarine that implodes <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I think that was so that's where we peaked as a society with the like deciding um like we become black pilled to the point where all we have left is celebrating the deaths of people who tried to do a, an expedition in a non That's what you get for being stuff. curious, idiot. Yeah, yeah that's well, oh, I guess a bunch of rich people can't handle the crushing pressure of the water. <laughs> Someone oh, did out- the can hurt you? <laughs> Someone pointed out that inside the submarine, like it doesn't actually have windows, so. When no, they were down there, they were they were watching it on like a video screen, basically. So like oh. they could have been doing the same shit like on the surface with nobody Dude, in they there. They could have it could have been a simulation. Yeah, <laughs> they they could. Oh, they should have just dragged them around, <laughs> and they wouldn't know and just be yeah. like, "Look at that!" They're like, "This game is cool." Yeah. <laughs> we're we're descending to thirteen thousand feet, club club. <laughs> Everybody, put your we're hands so up. deep now. Oh my gosh! Do you hear? You feel your ears popping? Oh it's golly! Ju- it's just the Star Tours ride from Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh, uh, yeah. but yeah, it seems like I mean this was the. Truck should be smaller, though. This was the age when uh, consumer choice was a little more of the thing. I think we've pivoted more to class warfare, uh, which uh, is probably probably a good thing. That's better, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it has, I think, uh, a greater chance of, no, no, neither gets anything done, but one leaves you with more friends. (laughs) And if we're all going to die, I would like there to be a community, you know? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We're just holding hands on our way to the uh, old trash incinerator, That's like Toy Story 3. Right. Aww. Four. 
but yeah, whatever. Sweet. Four? Was it four? I thought it was three. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was three. I, I don't think know. it was three. It was anyway, three. that has been the back in the day machine. Okay. So that is what happened in the news at the so time. So much has changed. So much has changed. Everything's different now. You know, yeah. our test changed his name. Uh, people drive SUVs and no one cares. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about this episode. Um, the Balmer B story this week uh, is based on, I think, my favorite storyline of this episode in which Prez Belusky, um, you know, uh, does a little bit of murder. So uh, I have a little bit of a Balmer B story for you guys based on Lady Gaga's paparazzi. Oh <laughs> we are a crowd getting Chinese make out. Brazil's fortune Like Lady Gaga. kid you got too much time on your hands (laughs) (laughs) you know i become more and more uh efficient at making these songs i can do them in about one hour uh most of it goes towards writing the lyrics (laughs) um by the way there is a um back the blue ski is great thank you you know that was took a lot of time to write back the blue ski well done Thank you. Um, there's a second half to that song, which, of course, you can listen to at the very end of this episode. Uh, and you should, because uh, I might actually play a little bit for Vince later on, um, <laughs> because, you I know, can't wait. I feel like, Vince, you miss out on some of the hottest parts of the song. It's true. It's and true. so, uh, yeah. And I do like them. They are one of the best things about doing this podcast is hearing your parodies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Doc. Yeah. That's something I would throw a couple dollars on Patreon to you guys for. You know, that everything you guys are saying is going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> so, yes, this episode is the one in which we've got Omar's grandmother getting shot in her crown, pissed on, in the ass, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we've got... A Hamsterdam murder mystery that is quickly solved using, uh, you know, the gains from creating a free zone for selling drugs. Uh, we've got Cuddy getting a taste of local politics and that whole rigmarole. And, of course, we have Comrade Presbaluski reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> um, Vince, Allison, let's talk about it. Vince, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, I thought this was a great episode. Um... 
going back to the, the, I feel like this is sort of the theme for this season is that it's, it's more of a TV show. It's more theatrical, more, uh, more, you know, cathartic than you expect from the wire. But I, I feel like there was times in the last two seasons where, you know, you get caught up in the, uh, the, the weeds of these police procedurals and these investigations. Cause they're, you know, you're, they're putting you in the shoes of these cops doing these investigations and it's, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's like, yes, this is all in the service of like a drug war that you're not going to win and no one's going to care. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, this one, this was a very much like a big picture episode of totally. the wire. And yeah, it's a little Hollywood when Lester Freeman comes in and just says, all the you things know, that says the theme of the, the show, sub, yeah, but, the but like if anyone's going to do it, it's uh it's daddy Lester, daddy Lester uh, telling, delivers. telling he's telling uh, McNulty, the job's not going to save you. Uh, McNulty, he's, He's sort of uh, he's on a high after sex. He feels like a god, yeah, and he's he's, a fuck god. he's 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 really feeling himself. He's thinking about how great he is. Uh, even Prez is kind of like he's really in it. He's really enjoying his his little scavenger hunts and crossword puzzles. Yeah, he's figuring and, out how to put cameras in places and get the picture quality all good. You know, yeah. So this is sort of an episode about like. You know, you can be caught up in all the little minutiae of your job, but as soon as you take one step outside your immediate circle, no one gives a fuck. Right. Who cares? Teresa D'Agostino, she, don't give, she doesn't give a fuck about your job. Yeah. Uh, all the other cops, they don't care uh, about all the cool computer stuff you mm-hmm. can do. They just see you as a loser <clears throat> still. Right. So, uh, and yeah. the one twice the, the heartburn for the same pension. Exactly. That's exactly. Right. And the one cop who's actually doing anything that fucking matters is doing his best to keep it a secret, which shows you how <laughs> he's doing bad stuff in the service of good stuff, like exactly. really bad stuff. He's like a bunny because yeah. everything's underground. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's like bad bunny. Bye bye. Um, <laughs> uh, Allison, what did you think of this episode? I love this episode. I yeah. forgot so much of this show. Yeah. So then when like it's like, oh no, that like that's gonna happen and when Pres Belusi shoots the guy and it's like, oh, that's why he's a teacher next season. That's right. That's where they come from. Yes, yes. All the substitute teachers have yeah. shot somebody. Yeah, yeah. I you got I gotta say that like, you know, I've had a <clears throat> yeah, you know, I went to a pretty uh shitty, you know, big city school district uh schools and um we had a lot of teachers who were former cops and um and whatnot, but uh, a former cop who then shot another cop, I think that would be the cool teacher at the school. Imagine being in middle school mm-hmm. and you find that out about your teacher. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, God, I wouldn't be doing We'd be watching um, a movie every fucking day. Yeah. Mr. Prez, you were a cop. Did you ever shoot anyone? Uh, well, okay. So first, I shot up, <laughs> I shot up my own car. That was Do you one still thing. have a gun? Uh, there's another time that I blinded a kid. I blinded he was a kid. To me. Yeah, he was I did that shit. with a gun. Yes. Yeah, with yeah. a gun. Yeah, that way. I, but not with I, a bullet. Not so. with a bullet. But you can use both. That mm. their guns are multi-use. And then mm. another time, I uh, I shot a guy. It's kind of funny because like that whole situation. They're all talking all this shit on Presbaluski, but you got like a bunch of cops running around out there with no uniforms, pointing their guns at uh, who knows what. They don't yes. even know what they're looking for. They heard gunshots. Those guys were getting of... Chinese food. They didn't even like. They didn't need to be know. there. They just showed up. Well, th- that's they what about any of like, them could have done. We're coming they, too. Like they all, like, they all rolled out looking for some action. Uh, none of them were wearing uniforms. 
surprised it doesn't happen more often. So here's my thing about Presbaluski killing um, a cop. Uh, a black cop. Uh, well, yeah, first of all, uh, yikes. That's a big yikes for me, dog. <laughs> uh, that's what Prez said. That's what he yeah. said. It was a big yikes for him. He was like, uh, yeah, he said, rut row. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I was, you know, so he kills uh, this guy, Wagner, who Derek. is a uh, Derek. He shot Derek. He shot Derek, uh, a uh, Baltimore City plain clothes, plain clothes police officer. That's a great way to humanize to him the- is <laughs> the fact that they immediately refer to him as Derek. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. like, that's a perfect normal guy name. Is that Bill? Is that Billy? <laughs> Little Billy did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, but Derek. no, uh, uh, so the Baltimore City plain co- clothes uh, police um, detectives are notoriously the one of the most fucked up uh, police officers uh, in the in the country. They they are so famously corrupt and bad that uh, after the entire like you know Wayne Jenkins fiasco from the We Own the City, um, the commissioner. Um, he went on live TV and he said, these guys are nothing more than 1930s era fucking gangsters. And then he outlawed or he banned plainclothes policing in Baltimore city. That is, so if you think about it, if Prez, if this had been real life, Prez could have accidentally shot, you know, Wayne Wayne Jenkins Jenkins. himself. (laughs) And how many lives would have been saved? <laughs> and, like, oh man, uh, he's got a badge, and also a pocket full of money, and another yeah. pocket full of drugs that he stole, and a car full of BB guns that he plants on people he shot just in case. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, this guy was on the up, like they're like he was a rising star, like well, right, which is what th- fucked up stuff. Famously, was he doing to become- the worst kind of plainclothes police police officer is the one who's a rising star because that just means. <laughs> They're getting the most arrests, and it means they've probably killed some guys. I'm not saying he wasn't even chasing some the thing they were there for. He was on some other business. I got to imagine the guy that they were all chasing uh, looked back and was like, "Oh, well, this is the best case scenario," and then ran away. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Oh, thank you, <laughs> comrade P- Presbaluski." Meanwhile, the curb your enthusiasm music's playing over Presbaluski. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty, you know, uh, my thought on it is um, if you're going to kill a cop, killing a Baltimore plainclothesman, not like the worst kind. Do you have power rankings for like who? Like, we, don't, we don't, but we should. L.A. Sheriff's Department gang members. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're at the top. Hey, hey, if the L.A. Sheriff's Department is listening to this podcast, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. They've already identified your location based on your background. Uh, uh, Gotta go. Four big guys. And they bust on my eyes. They eat my ass just like apple pie. If they keep fucking me like this, I might just die. They pipe my booty till I cry. He lit. What if they just killed me in the middle of that? I come back <laughs> covered in blood and grimace shake. Um, I like that they make them drive around in those like gray Nissan Sentras. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know. It's a cool car for, yeah. you know. Yeah. Times have like, changed. Like they're not cool doing to... the Ford Tauruses anymore. No, no. That'd be cool now if, you know, they just made all the cops drive like a Toyota Yaris. 
Oh, yeah. Shut <laughs> that, would, that would rule. Oh, <laughs> Some dude. big cop popping Instead out of a, of a charger with hey, lights hey, in the what grill. You, what are you guys doing over there? Get, get, get. Nobody takes nobody takes you seriously when you jump out of a Toyota Yaris. It's it's a coop. <laughs> it looks a coupe. like a tic-tac. <laughs> when you arrest someone to put them in the back, you have to roll the 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 driver's seat all the way up so you can push them in the back. Uh, so yeah, um I love this episode. It is um for me one of the episodes this season. I think there's only a handful um uh, this season where um it's like one of the big events that happens you know yeah. it's fucking uh i mean the big events are avon and stringer are fighting uh avon and stringer you know what happens later on we'll see i don't know uh and then Brezbaluski killing a guy um, yeah this was just like an abrupt turning point just out of left field like usually yeah usually plot lines i guess there's been a few like out of the blue uh, events in the wire, like the whole Ziggy, yeah, Ziggy sure. storyline coming to a head last season, but right. uh, still feels yeah. That duck came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, I know him killing that duck was actually sadder than. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> They're probably like the duck. They probably mm-hmm. thought you know we've made uh, Presbaluski look too good for too many episodes now. Like he's the, he's the one cop that seems like he has like a stable home life and he's, he's in it just for the, um, the, the intellectual satisfaction he gets from catching bad guys. And That's like, right. Yeah. We're not going to let him, uh, succeed yeah. for too long. We gotta. The yeah. thing about this guy is that he's a fuck up. And yeah. no matter how good he is at that- the things inside that building, He's still got to leave at some point. Exactly. As soon as he steps outside, uh, he is a danger. And I think that, like, <laughs> I, I think that, like, this show with the character of Prez Belusky does a great job of showing a kind of, um, I don't know, a viewpoint about policing and who, who is, who should be a guy with a gun and who shouldn't be a guy with a gun because you grow to, you know, love Presbaluski after a while after he, you know, blinds that kid. Um, you know, you're, a, you're a little soured on him. You're like, this guy fucking sucks. Uh, he is a racist piece of shit. Um, and he shot then, a wall one time. He shot he a wall. Shot I, shot his a, car. I shot up his car. That's so fucking funny though. Yeah. Like, like he's, he's a, uh, he's a loose cannon and he's a fucking idiot. But then you see him in a position in the, you know, police department where he is actually of some use. Uh, now whether or not it's actually any use at all to like build a giant case against drug dealers and then arrest <laughs> them. Uh, that is, that remains to be seen. <laughs> But um, showing him, you know, kind of like being able to use some sort of skills to kind of like, I don't know, it's nice to see someone succeed at doing something. uh, And I don't know, he had a redemption arc, sort of. I love how firmly like anti-Nepo baby. Oh, yeah. This show continues to be. Because it's like this kind of life, this game, like there's no dynasties in this. Yeah, I mean. You can't pass it on. All Nepo babies in the show get fucked. Uh, I mean, we got D'Angelo, D'Angelo Barksdale, yeah. and we have now Roland Presbaluski and uh, Nikki yeah. Sabatka. Yeah, Nikki Sabatka, Ziggy Sabatka. All your shitty ne- this The show is coming for all your shitty nephews. This cheese. Sh- yeah, cheese. cheese. I mean, this show is, you know, 
at its core, or at least one of the themes of the show is um, how this how this younger generation is getting fucked over um, and uh, how that, uh, you know, we can't really rely on um, having the same standard of living that our parents had. So, uh, you know, that applies to, I think, the Sapatkas applies to... I wish to... I'd been paying attention when I was watching this back in, like, 20... 2008. Yeah, no, it's, it's a hard show to pay I was like, <laughs> he killed a guy. <laughs> I'm never going to learn anything from this. Yeah, I think my first <laughs> uh, watch, I was just like, where's Omar? The whole time. <laughs> Show me Omar. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Uh, Prez Belusky is some uh, someone who had a redemption arc, and then... I think, uh, you know, it lulled you into complacency and made you forget that... He had a de-redemption arc in this episode. Yes, yes, he did. And uh, I I do have a uh, clip of that. Let's watch as uh, Presbolewski gets some Chinese food with his friends. You do the cookie first? What's the difference? (laughs) A new friend makes himself known. himself herself then you have a fortune can i just say uh (laughs) that (laughs) the idea that like fucking (laughs) uh, eats the cookie first well him eating the cookie first hey whatever you feel no that's such a good detail because he's the exact kind of guy where it's like yeah like eating the cookie first like sure that's uh it's not the worst thing a person can do but it's the exact type of thing where people around you are gonna be like the fuck is wrong with you you weirdo like why are you eating the cookie first like everybody else eats cookie last it's generally understood and you come in here doing your weird shit and we don't like it wow he's a renegade (laughs) he's he's a rogue cop he's about to kill another one But the fortune that he gets is uh, a new friend makes himself uh, known. And um, this is some clear foreshadowing of, uh, you know, some friendly fire that's about to happen. And, uh, you know, that's uh, doing a little bit of art, a little narrative art, right? Mm. Uh, oh, a little but, poetic uh, license there? Yeah, a little, a little poetry. Uh, but then we have, uh, of course... McNulty being like himself. Uh, I think the fortune thinks you're gay. <laughs> and then of wish course, wish cookie had a pussy. Yeah, I wish I could, could leave fuck- messages at its office. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then uh, of course we we see what happens with all that. Fifteen minutes later. I guess a cab no longer applies to Roland Presbolewski. And for that, we can be thankful. Um, so yeah, uh, kills him. And then, uh, yeah, changes the entire arc of the second half of this show. And of course the arc of Roland Presbolewski as a character, um, in which now he is, uh, having to deal with the fallout and a big part of the fallout turns out to be because he's uh the guy he shot the cop was black mm. um and people are going to make a thing out of it 
and Valchek, you know, people. Yeah, yeah. Piece, certain people. I don't think I gotta say their names. <laughs> gonna be you a little people. A little uppity about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I gotta say who, but wink. Uh, <laughs> this is Baltimore. This is Baltimore. Um, and what I think I love about um, Presbolewski is that he is in such a state after the fact when he's talking to Daniels, he kind of admits that it could be racism that he doesn't actually know. Like at first he's like, I didn't care that he was black or maybe I did. I don't fucking know. It's like, yeah. I cannot overstate how little I was thinking when I shot that gun. <laughs> it's just nothing. So the only times I think are like, oh, I wonder what fortune cookie says. And I wonder what the jumble does. Yeah. What jumble does. Uh, and I wonder if, um, you know, uh, I wonder if I'm going to eat chicken or if I'm sometimes not going to eat chicken. Sometimes I punch my father-in-law. Yeah. Sometimes I punch him in face. So uh, do I still get to eat that lo mein or? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I didn't even get my sweet and sour pork. <laughs> my sweet and sour. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I do like that, um, you know, maybe he's just, he's lucid to a degree that I wouldn't expect, I think, in real life, but because it's a TV show. I Well, his ama- his amount of introspection makes him a bad street officer. Exactly, but also a good person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, um, if all his- cops just shot one cop. Yeah, it would just like turn something in their brain. Yeah. Oh, and that they'd be was like, huh? That was more fun. I'm unpacking my un- invisible knapsack. Right. Yeah. Am I free? <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I do love that he's um, yeah, he's like, oh fuck this, <laughs> I shouldn't be a cop, and everyone's like. Yeah. Yeah, probably true. You probably That's shouldn't. That's like I shouldn't be a cop. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. needed something big. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but then the rest of this episode is mostly McNulty's episode. It uh starts okay. with McNulty getting a call, a booty call. Uh he's sorry. Oh. Hi Brent. Hey, Speaking of booty you, calls. Yeah, I'm going to call all your booties. Um <laughs> before we get too far into McNulty's storyline, we should probably take a break Brent. Let's sure. do it. Uh, yeah, right. that's we right. We gotta t- we gotta do ads because guess what? We got babies. We got Vince is sick. He's dying. He's he's got a nose cancer. He got desert in his nose. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a hot. So we need to make some money. So stick around, listen to these ads, and we'll be right back. Hey Vince. Hey Matt. As you know, Vince, I love old internet memes. Remember the early internet's obsession with Chuck Norris jokes? I do remember that. Here's one. When Chuck Norris went to college, he told his father, now you're the man of the house. <laughs> why Why do you bring this up? Well, I was thinking about those old memes, and I started thinking, I wonder what Chuck Norris is doing right now. What has he been up to? You know, I actually know the answer to that, Matt. Yeah, I recently saw a health video he made, and I was surprised. He's in his 80s. And he still seems to have energy and health. You know, I saw the very same video, Vince, and in it he says he's even stronger, has more stamina, and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. That's almost too powerful to contemplate, but uh, it's true. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. Uh, His wife made the same change, and she's never felt better. 
She says she feels 10 years younger and has energy all day. Uh, I am way younger than them, and I have energy for about two hours a day. Uh, and the problem is, is, you know, that many of us do not include fruits and vegetables and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. I love special videos, and you can watch it too by going to mymorningkick.com slash podyourself, and it may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's M-Y-M-O-R-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K.com slash podyourself, mymorningkick.com slash podyourself. Go there now and watch this very special Chuck Norris video. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Vince, what were you saying? Something about the Ooh. cold open? Oh, did you put on sunglasses? Yeah. Cool well, I mean, guy. yeah, I got to get cool because this is a story arc about McNulty. He gets a booty call. Yeah. Uh, and McNulty, in the beginning of this episode, he's a go- about to go have sex sober, which is how you know that Jimmy is in too deep. Yeah. And he gets the call. He gets the booty call from Teresa. D'Agostino. Uh, I really liked that he had to go into his son's room and he didn't think up like a good lie to sell, yeah. tell his son. He was like, <coughs> your dad's got to go meet with a friend. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, you, at that point you could just say like, Hey yeah. son, dad's going to go. Gonna go lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, daddy's got to go get his dick wet. So, uh, the kid's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick yeah, wet. yeah. 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 It. Yeah. 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 Yeah, fuck. Yeah, make me a brother. Uh, but he, he leaves his like a good dad. He leaves his cell phone on a piece of paper, yeah. uh, which is what you need. What's what you do when you need to leave the house at one a.m. Mm-hmm. to go get some sex? Uh, he goes, does the booty call. Uh, she's watching the debate breakdown. I thought that was a funny clip of the debate breakdown where yeah. it really showed like the strange. Uh, the strange formalism of TV, even in 2004, where you have two pundits and they're just sitting like right next to each other with their legs almost touching and <laughs> while they, while they disagree with each other. So weird. They're like playing footsie while they're. Yeah. yeah. It's like, could you guys imagine if you were like on a date uh, and you're just disagreeing with each other, uh, mm-hmm. sitting next to each other at a restaurant booth. It's just oh, a weird. What, 2004 wasn't K street on HBO at the time. I, I don't even know. James Carville and his wife, who's a, I didn't Republican. even know James James Carville yeah. had an HBO show. He he was Mr. HBO for I a did hot not, sec. I did not right, know leading that. up to Wow. God, if it there's... was one of those weird ones where they were it was like 
kind of real. Oh, like it was like fake half reality. It was really weird. That sounds aw we need to watch that show. But it was him and his it followed him and his wife, who's a Republican strategist. Yeah, isn't it cute how they disagree on everything, but they're still married? (laughs) And then they go home to their mansion. Yeah. Isn't it cute how no one believes in anything and this is all fake? (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I have a, a clip of uh, the cold open of this episode. Are you sure you're not sleeping? No, no. Oh, what's up? Shawnee. What? I have to go out and see a friend for a little bit. Shawnee. for an hour. Kara can't have an early opportunity to cap. But ultimately, this was a referendum on the leadership of George W. Bush on the war against terror and the war in Iraq. <laughs> you're so full of shit. Nothing mattered in the red states but the economy. Look at that butt. You know what? Not that this wasn't fun, but uh, it might be nice to have dinner first. He wrapped himself in the American flag at the convention and never looked back. He was trying to defend the people in the battleground states, the ones who really... <laughs> I love him coming home from a little booty call and then putting back on the politics show. Yeah, to see if he can get into it. Interest in her in her copies. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. See, and then he realizes, like, no, this shit is super boring. Yeah. I'm going to watch the History Channel again. And this is also like another funny little slice of life because I don't know, maybe in like what 2000. 15 or so like the history channel pivoted hard to be like super political uh propaganda like in 2004 Mm. it was seen as like the apolitical network for dads who just want to relive world war ii you can't do that anymore you can you're not going to throw on the history channel and uh relive some history anymore it's going to be at the start of the pipeline and now yeah then they were like Angry, 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 angrier. Yeah, yeah. I know it's like all dads are now. political. We only make uh, we only make bespoke content for specific politics brands dads. of political dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Politics dads reign supreme. If you want to, you know, promote your content, you better have a is this woke or not angle. Because mm-hmm. um, your dad's going to ask. Because your dad will <laughs> ask. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just. Uh, Does this now, got those wokes in it? <laughs> now I go on to Twitter. My favorite thing to do is whenever um, I see a tweet that, like, I saw one that was like, apparently Ron DeSantis used a little bit of Peaky Blinders uh, in one of his campaign ads. And the official Peaky Blinders <laughs> Twitter account said we did not allow him to use that. You know, this is to all Peaky Blinders fans. And so <laughs> the first comment was Peaky Blinders gone woke now. <laughs> I'm just like, your brain is Swiss cheese. Your brain is literally Swiss cheese. <laughs> like I just, mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, McNulty, uh, like it's funny because he he has like a full arc in this episode, which mm-hmm. is like he goes from like a post sex high, yeah, uh, feeling himself, thinking about he like yeah, he's so great. I'm he the be- the we're the best, best cops. cops. We're the best cops on this force, and yes. then he tries to like brag about it uh, with <laughs> Teresa D'Agostino at dinner later, and she's like, "What are you talking about, bro? Nobody cares." Yeah, I have the 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 first clip of him bragging to um uh to freeman and there's a little easter egg in there um yeah where he sees uh, Beatty on the refrigerator oh, oh yeah. well there's that easter egg but then there's also the easter egg of he is trying to list cops who could do what they do 
and he and mentions one, Ed Burns. And he he mentions Ed Burns, one of the creators of the show, which I got to imagine there was some pushback. Can you play <laughs> that clip of the cop going by, going, oh, again? Because it was a little bit of that. Four big guys. And they bust on my eyes. They my ass. Just Ed like Burns is the best cop keep... ever. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, he uh, he mentions, you know, Ed Burns uh, and then a bunch of other people. And he's like, not anyone could do what we do. You know, we built cases. We do real police work. And Freeman mentions like hey um do you have a hobby <laughs> yeah and uh mcnulty is just like fuck you <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's so mad at him uh and uh yeah i love that well he's like hey you know how this ends right like you don't you don't get anything for this like right you the money you better- you better feel very gratified by what you're doing because uh, no one else is going to care. Right. Like asking stand-up your... comedians what their backup plan is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. No, uh, yeah. They're like, the next you, show. Yeah. You have something outside of doing this bar show, right? And it's like, well, yeah, no, I'm thinking of putting an album together. <laughs> it's like, what happens after that? Um, fuck you. That's what happens after that. <laughs> No, but like it's the it's I think it's the same level of delusion as like a stand up comedian where it's just like, um, you know, what uh, I do is so fucking important. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, uh, this is I mean, this is fun in the little like cop community we have of people who give a shit. But you realize outside of work, like nobody, nobody gives a shit about all this and i think it's true of the every cops job. in the other scenes don't give a shit right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the cops don't give a shit themselves but like the ones that do you know he are like okay that's cool you know you talk yeah, to you could name Ed like Burns. six guys that give a shit right you can name six guys who give a shit and you know one's I, an executive producer of the show that right <laughs> yes and so yeah it is like it's freeman makes i think a, a very good point uh and uh, i i have a clip of Oh, that scene out there can do what we can do with the case don warden ed burns gary childs out in the county there's not many we're good at this lester in this town we're as good as it gets tell me something jimmy how exactly do you think it all ends a shining jimmy mcnulty day moment when you bring in the case so sweet everybody gets together and says oh shit he was right all along the job will not save you, Jimmy. It won't make you whole. It won't fill your ass up. Or you need something outside of this here. Like what? Dollhouse miniatures? A life, Jimmy. You know what that is? It's the shit that happens while you're waiting for moments that never come. Dude, that is some of the best life advice that, yeah. not just for a cop, but for anybody. Yeah, and I like that Jimmy's full range of emotions that he goes through in that five seconds where he goes from like, yeah, that is kind of what I wish would happen was that they'd throw me a big parade and tell me how smart I was for being right. And then a second later, he's like, shit, that's never going to happen, is it? doesn't matter how right I am. They're never going to throw me a parade. Fuck. I'm not getting a parade. I better (laughs) make some calls. I better call Beatty and become a father. Yeah. (laughs) You know, at least I'll get to fuck tonight. That's for sure. Um. But yeah, dinner first, too. Yeah. So what's interesting is like, Vince, you're talking about like uh, he's really feeling himself, I think, in the first half of this episode. And then in the second half, um, the reality strikes him all at once, starting with that scene. um, 
and then of course leading to him, you know, being around when Presbolewski murders a cop and being like, fuck. And meanwhile, like Presbolewski's entire life and career at this point is now being reduced to all of the fuck ups that he had. Um, you know, they're all sitting around and talking about like how, you know, he's a Nepo baby, how he shot up his car, you know, how he's like not even that good at crossword puzzles. Um, <laughs> and and then it, it, and then like Jimmy has been spending this whole episode trying to get this date with Teresa <laughs> yeah. D'Agostino. Oh, my God. She's the and key. He's got to He's going to have a real adult relationship with this woman. Right. Who's smart and does careers who gets uh, it who gets yeah, it. i kind of know what she does, does. she kind of knows what i do we respect each other yeah, yeah. exactly her eyes go so uh, dead he realizes during that he's, dinner. It's, he's not an equal to her because he doesn't he didn't go to fancy college he uh yes and i uh i have the clip of them having their wonderful dinner together with a oh, just God. great conversation what? Loyola. Only one year. My girlfriend got pregnant, so. Uh... So you became a cop in Baltimore. How's that working for you? Well, that's pretty good. You know, I do a lot of uh, high-end drug stuff. In fact, there's not a lot of guys in the department who do that kind of thing. I'm sorry. He just he went British there. Did you guys all catch that? Yeah. He and this, this Idris. They've been slipping. In fact, there's not. A lot... Yeah, dude. This whole season, he's been slipping. Baltimore. How's that working for you? Well, that's pretty good. You know, I do a lot of uh, high-end drug stuff. Oh, yeah, you're pretty good, yeah. Someone's oh, bro, 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 bro. Bro. <laughs> oh, bro, it's going good. Hey. I uh, think it's good. In fact, there's not a lot of guys in the department who can do that kind of thing. You know, it takes a certain... I don't know. You gotta love it. So you do what in politics? I do political campaigns. Wait, like a campaign manager? More of a strategist, really. Not so much the day-to-day -day stuff, but the strategy of how a candidate can win. A consultant of sorts. Who'd you vote for this time? What, you mean Bush and what's his name? Kerry. You didn't vote for president? I thought about it, yeah, and, you know, Bush seemed way over his head, I know, but they wasn't going to win in Maryland anyhow. Besides, these guys, doesn't matter who you got. None of them has a clue what's really going on. Hey, that's just me, though. Love how little they could each care about one another's, <laughs> like, life's work. <laughs> like, the idea that, like, they're just both... Oh, you didn't vote? Yeah. For president? <laughs> I love that. I love that he's just like, yeah, yeah, Bush and, um, uh, you know... Heinz ketchup husband. Uh, yeah, no, he, him having no idea is, is fucking wonderful. And also, and her big timing him because she's like, Oh yeah, no, see what I do. I don't, I can't really explain it cause it's kind of bullshit. And that's where the money is. Dumbass. I love, uh, <laughs> I love that. So what's the difference between an agent and a manager? Right? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. That's like, he is asking, what do you do? And she's like, work on political campaigns. Oh, like a campaign manager. No, I don't like um, 
work all that hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a like ideas guy. Yeah, you know? I have some opinions <laughs> about how, how a campaign should go. And I try I, not to use yeah. facts to undercut yeah. those as much as possible. Like I, I do the strategy. I don't do that bitch ass day No, day. I don't like get coffee. You know, I don't do all the like, you know, hey, uh, I, you have a meeting. People get me coffee. I mostly yeah. make assumptions about the desires of blue collar people like you exactly. who I despise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's totally. Sometimes while naked. Yes, it's literally it's her. How can I, I can afford these severe haircuts. Yes. <laughs> she does have a severe haircut. Yeah, no. So she, they know that I do not fuck around. Exactly. Yeah, no. People got to know that this bitch is serious about strategy. <laughs> I love her strategy so far with Carcetti's campaign. Seems to be telling him no a thousand times over and then being like, have you considered... Um, getting your black best friend to run for mayor as well to split the black vote. I mean, this is such like a brilliant, the way they set up this storyline, it's like it, when you watch it, knowing how it turns out, it all seems so obvious. But uh, in the lead up to it, like I don't think I, I knew beforehand that he was going to trick his buddy into running and then and use it as a strategy to split the black vote. Like, yeah, but in retrospect, I don't think even Teresa D'Agostino knows what he's up to here. Yeah. And uh, he clearly has it all in his mind. It's like it's all shaping up and he's like he's got it all figured out. Totally. And uh, and in this episode, you actually see him um, really like in a position where you're like, God, you're kind of a piece of shit, Carcetti. You're kind of a piece of shit. Because Gray offers him a spot like on his campaign to be like, you know, city city council president. And uh, I have the clip of uh, Carcetti and Gray talking to each other. We should do that. We. I was thinking maybe you would ticket your white ass up with me. Make a run for council president. I'm me at the top of the ticket, an emerging black leader. Handsome, well-spoken. You, the great white hope. The new voice of civic reform. We give Royce a run, man. And what makes you think I'm interested in council president? What the hell else you got going? <laughs> He's got some... Some dirty tricks going, my friend. Uh, <laughs> he's going to uh, screw you. Um, I'm and it's silence yeah. so the haters can't, don't know my next move. Exactly, dude. He's playing four-dimensional chess. The, it, his entire storyline uh, is one of the reasons, and I've said this now like four or five times, one of the reasons why when Barack Obama said The Wire was his favorite show, I shuddered a little. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if he because I I love the Carcetti storyline of how he like f does the strategy of like splitting the black vote. And like uh, it's like it's fun. He little to, fingers his way. Yeah. He little fingers his way up the ladder to mayor eventually. Uh, and I enjoyed watching that as a spectator, you know, as someone who enjoys a TV show. And I'm sure that was what Barack Obama liked too. But also part of me was like, uh, do you like, is it the dirty tricks? Is it the winning of elections? And to be honest, like he kind of, there's a little bit of that kind of that, you know, bared out to be the case where I was like, I think Obama just loves to win election. And he did. He won some elections. The thing about politicians is that they all love to win elections. Yes. 
They do. It's like their favorite thing. It's their, it's like their number one. It's their, it's their number one thing. And I think that's the big bummer of it all in watching, you know, this show is kind of like, I guess at least with Barack Obama, it was like realizing like, oh, I thought you were like. I thought your favorite character was Wallace. Yeah. I thought you just like Wallace and, you know, (laughs) Omar. (laughs) And then you sort of have like the mirror image (laughs) of Karketi in this episode, which is. Uh, Bunny Cutty. Colvin, who oh, like yeah, yeah. genuinely does want to do good things, but his uh, his goal of doing good things leads him to uh, do some really bad shit in this yes episode. Yeah, yeah. well, oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like you know they say they kind of resolve this storyline like a little too pat. Like they gave him they gave him a big time pass for uh, moving a dead body like. <laughs> 50 feet or whatever to the other side of the drug zone. And they're like, Oh yeah. And it all worked out. And you're like, well, I don't know if that would, the medical examiner looked really mad. Yeah. And he was like, I got, this is on me. Okay. Wait, but I think that what ended up happening is kind of proves, I think one of the main points of the show and it's uh, views on war, the war on drugs is that when you have the war on drugs and you have made all of this, you know, entire black market, you know, this pool of people uh, into the enemy that you fight in the war, um, then all of your focus as a police department is on enforcement of these laws that do nothing stopping people from buying drugs stopping people from selling drugs stopping people from you know buying and selling drugs uh and then when you allow them the space to like do it you know basically doing decriminalization at least in a in a a small space he is able to free up his police to actually do real police work uh at least that's like the theory and in this case he's also able to talk to the dealers and go like hey you need to help me find out who did this shit or this is all over and um and he he is while it was wrapped up like pretty um quickly i do think it made a pretty great point which is that like uh you will have more cooperation with your police if like they, if the criminals quote unquote, um, if the drug dealers feel like they can count on you to uh, keep them protected. I don't know. Right. I mean, this is also a much more naive view of uh, police work compared to like, we own the city. Cause like the, the crux of this one is like, Oh yeah. The cops uh, don't want to change because people are inherently lazy Uh, It's harder to do, it's harder to uh, like take initiative and do a job that you haven't been asked to do. Whereas like a big part, I mean, you you fast forward to like, we own this city and they're like, oh no, these guys liked the war on drugs because they were stealing all the money that they were were making. They were leeches. People were making on drugs. So of course they don't want the drug trade to stop because that's where they're getting all their money from. Right. Otherwise, who are they going to jack? Like they're actively civilians? profiting on doing. Yeah, Hurricane badly. Carver are up like eleven k. Right. Yeah. This yeah. Season. Dude, but like you have to remember, Vince, that like um, the wire, as for as bleak as it is, um, is not nearly as bleak as real life. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we own the city is just a true story. It is yeah. a fantastic book 
uh, by Justin Fenton. Shout out to the Justin Fenton Patreon supporter who is not the Justin Fenton who wrote the show <laughs> or the or the book. Did you I th- ask? I did. I was like, are you? And he's like, I'm not. Like, <gasps> yeah it was really uh, cool for us for that day that we thought the guy day. who did we own the for city was a patron day. yes yeah. and then i was like yeah that actually makes a lot more sense that he's not because <laughs> patreon justin fenton you've got a book in you i know it yeah, i think you do <laughs> i think you do um but uh, i do like that they asked uh when they are finding out who killed the guy yeah they're like oh is he related to anybody like yeah oh no I- fuck him like I'll, so I have a, a clip of uh, of all of that. Find the shit if I got dead bodies up in there. If I don't have a shooter and bracelets, this whole Amsterdam affair is over. It's finished. I'm gonna take my people back up on the corners and we're gonna fuck y'all every way we can. Unless y'all bring me my shooter. Sham, who is this kid, man? Some young boy from Tucky's crew. You connected? Can anybody? Nah, he only been on for a couple of months or so. What do you use a whistle for? Some nigga in one of Ghost Cane crews laughed at his shoes. What do you need? To turn myself in. For what? A shot of boy. I mean, I do love the kind of dollars and cents, you know, mind of like a Stringer Bell when he's just like, Nah, we can't cover for this guy. You can't shoot someone in the free zone. Fuck this whole thing up because some bro did a, what are those? (laughs) Uh, You know, like, no, we're not. That dead guy was a trendsetter. Yes, he absolutely was. And you know, I wish they would have like when he was walking up to confess, I wish they would have done like a ground level, like shot from behind to see what the shoes were like. Just like a little little glimpse of uh what bad shoes i know he got shoe mcguffins you know we're just never gonna find out it's just like is they did it... the pulp fiction briefcase thing right like, ah, <laughs> dude, come on is it his like, oh, soul show us the shoes. Yeah. yeah no so we can only imagine what the shoes were like but i think we can say for certainty that the guy who died said what are those and pointed damn um, daniel yeah he fucked up uh but yeah you know just uh yeah, the the idea that that would be wrapped up to me, it's like it makes sense. There was a sense of urgency there and uh, people are like trying to keep it going. And and Carver is the one to blame for trying to move the body. I mean, he, he so dragged the body 50 feet and didn't but even it's really good because it's like they're both trying to do a good thing but in order to do that good thing they have to do this really bad thing right and carver doesn't understand really where this loyalty is coming from he's just like yeah he dad mad like can't make dad mad like right and he was doing favor for dad and and doing favor for dad backfired you know he was like but i tried to help and like bunny is like you may have just fucked us he was like oh man (laughs) but i was helping daddy I was helping you, daddy. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's like you feel bad for him because and I think it's because he does believe in the kind of mission statement of Hamsterdam where he's like, this is he does. He, and he hasn't even he hasn't even really admitted it to himself yet. Yes. He's sort of it's like he's doing it out of uh, there's something in him that's making him do it. I don't think he's quite acknowledged it yet. Yeah. And uh, and meanwhile, Kirk doesn't have as much cash on him as he used to. So he's 
fucking yeah. pissed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Herc is done with this. Herc is ends up being the one. I always thought it was uh, Officer Nazi Haircut who was the one who like fucked it all up. But it, I forgot that it was actually Herc himself who ends up uh, calling the Baltimore Sun. He picks up a phone and I think he dials zero. <laughs> and he goes, Operator, uh, can you connect me with the newspaper? And they're like, Which one? <laughs> Uh, and yeah, and he's the one I think who, uh, ends up snitching, which is, um, you know, I would like because to say, we all know a prerequisite for stitching. Absolutely. You start snitching, you're going to get stitching. And you know, once you get stitching, uh, you wind up in ditching. I don't know. Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's what's going on in Amsterdam. And meanwhile, the deke, oh, what's up? Can I go pee pee? Oh, sure. Hey, right a pee break? That yeah. means a second ad. <laughs> we'll be right back. He should pee all the time. <laughs> I know. Then we make more money. <laughs> I forgot mm. to tell Tom that we were on camera. What? He walked past it. <laughs> mm. I was wondering. I thought I saw someone walk by, but I wasn't sure. That was my husband, Tom. Husband, you married? Yeah, we got married. Twenty nineteen. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I love marriage. It's fun. Yeah, you get to you get to wear a wedding dress, and you you get to wear make a jokes ring. about owning people. It's yeah, the best. yeah. That's the best. Like, I mean, who doesn't love to make owning people jokes? <laughs> <laughs> um a quick wizard Vinny. yeah i just need to go pee pee real quick i don't have that i like have to think i have to th the to think before i pee i think there's something wrong with me okay <clears throat> and we're back um i was saying before that uh bunny is also getting um you know kind of chewed out by the deacon um who is played by the real uh inspiration for avon barksdale by the way and yeah, yeah. And that guy, um, he is saying like, you know, if you actually do retire, then you understand that this entire experiment goes away and everything, you know, is gone. And, uh, you know, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, the French Revolution. You hmm. know, I'll explain. Go on. Well, we got the, uh, what is it? The Constitution of uh, what, 1791. Got my man, Joe Vare. Uh-huh. Uh so uh <laughs> yeah, uh Javert is uh he's a number, right? I don't know. I've I've, I've <laughs> I only know. seen Les Mis once. I've never no. seen it. Um it's also different. I think that's a like 1830s revolution is a different revolution. Not that I know everything about. It. But no, it's uh when you have um something that you're trying, uh this is a sort of a revolution of sorts, uh, this whole free zone thing. Um then the problem is with, you know, politics and leaving political office is that you have no one to defend it. It's one of the reasons that the Constitution of 1791 uh, never fucking did anything because uh, fucking, uh, you know, uh, they disallowed people from uh, being from serving another term. And then they it doesn't matter. The point I'm making 
is that, that was I, great. Do you watch I've, a lot of the History Channel? Is that I've listened <laughs> to a lot of Revolutions by Mike Duncan and I have not retained much of it. <laughs> <laughs> but the point I'm making is that uh, he's right. You know, uh, you uh, kind of are stuck in a position. You know, when you're trying to change things, of like you have to be around in order to. Uh, you know, you have to work for the rest of your life. This is why nobody ever wants to actually get into like activism of any kind. Cause it's like, who the fuck has the energy to sacrifice their entire life for a cause? And the Just thing podcast. about a system is that it's like automatic. Exactly. Like, set it and forget it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is a set it and forget it system. And uh, you know what? <laughs> I got too much content to make in order to change things. <laughs> but there's a, there's an analog for Herc and Carve. Uh, in the Barksdale crew, which what is, is that? Uh, the two morons yes. who see Omar taking his yes. grandma to church. We got to talk about the disgusting brothers and we got to talk uh, about <laughs> they're trying to get a whole. Yeah. The disgusting brothers, they see Omar and his grandma going to church and they're like, Hey, should we shoot him or what? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't, they can't get a hold of anyone except for Stringer and Shamrock. And they're kind of just like, they don't really care. They're busy doing their co-op thing. They're, they're like, yeah, busy I don't know. having a meeting. Shoot them. So then they do it and then everybody's mad at them. Yes. Uh, even though they asked for permission first yeah. and they tried to do the right thing according to their bosses. But their bosses are like, well, you did what now? Yes. An entire rumor gets spread about what happens after the fact. And uh, there's an entire um, church hat telephone game that's happening. And uh, I, uh, I have a clip of everything that is happening with the uh, church hat. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That's how I definitely hit him. I'm standing here holding a torn up church crown of a bona fide color lady. Do you know what a color lady is? Not your mom's for sure. When I hear y'all shot the crown off an old lady's head yesterday. Mm-hmm. They say nothing about no grandma, no church hat, nothing like that. And the stories is getting bigger and bigger. Like, I swear to God, Fat Face Rick heard that our people went and shot Omar Granny in the ass on purpose and all that, and they pulled their dicks out, pissed on her <laughs> crown and shit. Nah, I mean, I heard the same bullshit. What you gonna do with them two niggas you got waiting downstairs? What you gonna I'm do about a lady in new hat? I I fucking love that so much. The amount of gossip around the church hat because it's not just it's not enough that they you know broke the Sunday truce, but it's also like they they defiled. There's a, a symbol for yes, the- a, an old civil rights era granny. <laughs> they defiled her church hat, which has got to be one of the most um like expensive luxurious items in the entire uh church garb uh for for old ladies those things are not cheap they can't possibly be cheap i used to Uh, try them on in jc penny all the time oh they have church hats in jc penny yeah and the black ones (laughs) (laughs) the cheltenham mall in philly yeah yeah i gotta go to the, the mall more um yeah but uh you know it was uh it was, I don't know, it's great. Meanwhile, you know, like this idea of the Sunday truce, I think is, I, I don't know, I love it. Uh, there's something about people. It feels very TV, but I like, I like sure. it. Yeah. 
But you know it's real. You know that the, that's not like a detail they made up. I'm sure that there's there. You yeah, know, there's gotta like, be something. Yes, that is definitely a thing, and it's a thing. You know, maybe not, of course, in every city, but uh, I 100 percent believe that in Baltimore, a city that is 90 percent black, um, where the church um, is such a uh, like potent, uh, you know, like area of community and uh you know just like a a political institution that people in general are like hey sundays in the mornings everyone be cool everyone tell your moms that you work work at the airport um and uh they got a temporal half hamsterdam going on exactly exactly and uh it's you know it only exists from you know whatever 7 a.m to noon uh you know what felt kind of made up for tv what did well it took me out of it was uh bay communications oh <laughs> the maryland-based telecommunications company yes. that sells burners yeah yeah that uh, well that's that's another you know slice of life like in 2004 like here we are talking about how it's bad that uh communication can't be traced which is completely flipped on its head now like it's hard to imagine it's hard to imagine a telecom not immediately just giving the government anything they want right uh imagine how much we could talk about cops on burners (laughs) yes yes 20 years ago dude oh the when back when america was free (laughs) 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 no i mean literally like this is pre edward snowden pre like finding out that the NSA is indeed listening to your every word. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I found myself watching that scene and having the exact same opinion, which is just like, why am I on the side of Metro PCS right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm like totally... good for them. Yeah, yeah. It does take 30 days to like yeah. process of subpoena. Yeah. Take your fucking time with it, bro. Uh, good for you guys. Good for Watch you. Out for your customers. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like one of the things with the show where usually I find that they are one of the rare cop TV shows that doesn't necessarily present the cops agenda and cops in general as like heroes. Um, at least not as much as like fucking, you know, every law, other show, every other show, like a law and order and shit. But um, this is de- that was definitely one of the points that I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not. I know I'm supposed to be on like Rhonda's side right now as she's yelling at this guy. Oh, the Rhonda and Reddick dream team. I know. They're so cute together. How All dare right. you make a phone that the police can't listen into? Yeah. Oh. You're, you're telling me just so I'm clear. Yeah. And they're like fucking me. swearing at them in their business meeting. Yeah. It's like. That's You're not- telling me that if I, the police, <laughs> wa- want to listen to a guy I suspect might be doing bad things, that you are going to let me do it, but I have to wait. You're evil. And I'm just like, <laughs> her no. argument is shitty too, because then she goes right to murder. Because no one gives a fuck about drugs. Right. Yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, they're doing murder on the phone. Yeah. What if they. Are but, you on the side of the murderers? Are you, are you a pedophile now? Like, that's basically that's yeah. what she's doing. Um, but yeah, I was 100% uh, on the side of go Metro PCS. Go Metro PCS. Show those motherfuckers that 
You know, not everyone oh, is cricket dot Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> yeah, cricket dot Chesapeake Bay dot gov. Um, yeah, I uh, I love that. Um, I also uh, this is just to backtrack a little. Really enjoyed uh, the fact that Omar is like freaking out he's mad and we find out that he's been telling his grandmother he's worked at the airport for all these years (laughs) omar so smart a famous gay (laughs) stick-up boy of mythical proportions who literally cannot walk down the street in baltimore without people being oh shit omar coming is like going over to his granny's house and it's like oh me no no i uh i work at chipotle (laughs) In yeah, the airport. At that the you airport, visit. though. That's so fucking smart. Yeah, it's very smart. I love that his uh, grandma is uh, just like, okay, baby. <laughs> well, she doesn't leave the house except for church. Exactly. I mean, he's he's smart like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, just to wrap all these wonderful storylines up, uh, Cuddy. Cuddy is building his gym. Cuddy is it's the red tape shuffle. He is doing the red tape shuffle. He is finding out that getting a permit is not as easy as it sounds. And I, of course, have a clip of this wonderful montage. Montage. A boxing gym for kids and all. An athletic club. Gyms, reducing salons, public baths are permitted only in property zoned B2, B3, B4, or B5. All signed and sealed by a registered architect and engineer. Floor framing plan, including the low criteria. Hydronic piping and equipment layout. Six copies of your fire protection plan with emergency exits and sprinkler system notes. The health department, since it's a physical culture and health service, a license from the State Athletic Commission up on Calvert Street. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just did it. I kept doing a solo layout for you, Vince. <laughs> I was like, Vince, are you okay? Just because I, I need, I love watching your face as I do clips with rock and roll McDonald's on them. It's like watching Chris Pine dissociate at Cobb. Yes, exactly. Just, this, that's what I do. Every week he dissociates while I play rock and roll McDonald's over a clip that does not need rock and roll McDonald's. Also, just like the 2004-ness of the rock and roll McDonald's, like I that know. took me back. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm trying to, you know, set a set a tone, a place in time. I love it. Place in um, a time. Yeah. And that time, 2004. And that place, Balmer. Balm. Balmer. Uh, Balm. Yeah. And then Cuddy uh, ends up, you know, uh Cutting through all the red tape when he goes to Reverend Reed and then Wheelchair Watkins. And uh, they make some calls. They do some deals. He shits on Unetta Perkins once again, just to remind us that... He just uh, writes a little note. He writes a little note that just says, uh, I firmly support this or something like that. Uh, And I'm sure that post-it actually carries a lot of weight because uh, local politics are corrupt. Uh. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything in the episode. Uh, he's looking at that post-it note like, this is way better than a gun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, my post-it note says, I very much support this. And uh, under it, it also says, um, don't call the cops. I have a gun. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, you know, two birds or one bird, two stones. That's what I say. Um, 
Favorite scene, least favorite scene, scene we didn't talk about? Vince. Uh, I definitely like the progression of Jimmy's facial expressions uh, when Lester's telling him there's going to be no parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you can tell like it's some part of him really thought that there might be a parade, parade. for him at one point. <laughs> and then he slowly comes to realize like, Oh shit, that he's right. There really isn't yeah. um, least favorite. Uh, there wasn't a ton of stuff that didn't ring true for me. I, I guess I could say, I, I don't entirely believe that, uh, Omar, who is like a connoisseur of people's worst impulses, like the idea that he would be so taken aback that someone would break the Sunday truce in order to kill him. I don't know if that entirely rings true f- for me, but I, I, uh, I, I, for- I forgive it. Cause you know, I get it. his character is man with a code. He's the closest thing the wire has right. to a hero. He Yes. Uh, is the guy who lives outside of these systems that are crushing everybody else. But right. uh, yeah, man's got to have a code. And I think if anyone is going to be like, well, I never, it's going to be <laughs> yeah. Omar uh, to the fact that they broke this code that apparently everyone uh, agreed with. Uh, Allison, do you have a favorite scene or least favorite scene? Something we didn't talk about. Um, I liked that Presbaluski's little fortune cookie came true. Yeah, and his friend that revealed itself. Yeah. Was Lance Reddick. I cannot remember. Daniels. Daniels. Oh, that's Lieutenant true. Lieutenant Daniels, who was oh, like, the, I like, like that. The, all these other guys these... are out there, like, say, like his father in law is out there, like, talking about, like, they have to save their own ass. Right. Like, we can't go in there and talk to him. The only yeah. guy who can go in there and talk to him with no repercussions. I is... love is Daniels. I, I, I love that. I actually, I didn't read into that at first. I was like, uh, the friend revealing himself was when they pulled the, the bad little up. friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> uh, no, it was, uh, that the person that he shot would end up being a friendly, you know, oh. another, another cop. But I actually like that, that the friend was the, his only friend in the show, which is Daniels. Who's like, please get a lawyer. Because these guys will fuck you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's very nice. He's a good friend. He's a good friend. Um. Yeah. I think I didn't like that they shot Omar's grandma in the butt. Yeah. On her church crown and pissed on her church crown. Um. My favorite scene. Uh. Is I don't know. It's probably um when uh, Presbaluski is revealed to be a uh, Antifa super soldier. My least favorite scene, um, my least favorite scene. I don't have a least favorite scene. I loved it all. It's and the if, wire. It's the wire. And if I had to give this episode a letter grade and I do, it's the law, I would give it ooh, B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter ooh, grade? Ooh, if I had to, yeah. I'm going to say solid B plus. Tough, wow. tough question. Who, who knew that yeah, who was going to yeah. say? Uh, Allison Mick, what would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? Had to give it a letter had grade? To. Like you're forcing me? It's the law. It's the wire. I gotta say B plus. B plus. Oh B my plus. god. Guys, that is a B plus episode of The Wire and an A plus episode of Pod Yourself The Wire. Allison Mick, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Talking about the wire with us. Thanks for having me. This was of so course, fun. where can where can where can people find you? Uh as long as it's still working. I'm on Twitter at Allison underscore Mick. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm doing stand up around LA. Hell Come yeah. See me at Verdugo Bar at the end of the month on Sunday at uh, 8 p.m. Do it. Come to Verdugo Bar. And of the month, Allison Mick, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank, Thank you, you for coming on the pod. <laughs>
Wires. Patreon.com slash broadcast. The $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vince Mancini. Are you ready to give two shout outs? Uh, slash street names to the $8 sure, tier. I sure am. I'm all oh. set to go. Oh, hell yeah, dog. First one is Hi. I saw her. Uh, <laughs> your wife. Borat. Okay, first one is Cat B. Cat B. Cat Von B. Uh, we're going to call her the Ink Blaster. Ink Blaster. Cat B. And Cat Von D, you know, she's no, the no, no, no. I got it immediately. She, okay, good. All right. Yeah. Is she a Nazi now? Uh, I don't know. I feel like anytime someone gets really into tattoos, there's going to be like yeah. some overlap with like Nazi people. Totally. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's her fault or if that's just like, you know, the tides just they swim the culture. I think if you get enough tattoos, eventually you're like, the only one I don't have is a swastika. <laughs> well, it's like the biker thing where they're like, I don't know. We also really like skulls and helmets. And yeah, uh, yeah. You know? I don't know. It's true. The like, you know, the Nazi aesthetic is very biker. Yeah. Unfortunately. What can you do? Um, and uh, lastly, David Wince. He's wincing. Mm. He's, he's, flint, he's flinching. We call this guy Squints. Squints! I love it. We got Squints and we got the Ink Master. Thank you so much for joining the Patreon at the $8 tier. Uh, as you can tell, we only have a couple names this week. Uh, that's because we are slowly running out of names. And uh, once again, if you have not heard your name and you're like, I gave money a while ago, what happened? Uh, email us, fracas at gmail.com. Um, and Vince, sorry, while we have, uh, you know, usually this, uh, you know, lasts, I would say, hours, you know, uh, where in which you read people's names. So since that didn't happen, I'm going to play you just a little bit of the end of the song. Oh, I uh, love it. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right. Excellent work, uh, as always. You. Yeah, I'm just watching, you know, I'm watching your face, and you look like you're about to pass out. <laughs> I, it was a struggle to make it through this podcast because I'm, like, hopped up on a lot of cold medicine right now. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, you did a good job. <laughs> you Don't actually, judge my reactions. To no, you did better than you've... It, you should take more cold medicine because you put on the sunglasses. Uh, you really... I thought you did wonderful. Thank uh, you. Patreon.com slash broadcast once again for all the bonus episodes plus early access to all these episodes. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. Alrighty, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not. We are a crowd getting chucked Chinese takeout. Brazil's is fortune
Let me see. What is my least favorite scene in this episode? A few moments later. You know, these people, they're not PC enough anymore. <laughs> Anyways, Brent, you can cut all that. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.